0: What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you're having a great day. We have an absolutely loaded show going on for you today. We're talking LeBron James's foot injury, the the NFL draft combines in action. So we got a little bit of NFL talk for you specifically. We're talking about the Bears and the likelihood that they trade that number one overall pick. And then after that, we're going to talk baseball rule changes. It's an absolutely loaded show. I hope you guys enjoy. Here we go. LeBron James, one of the greatest players to ever touch a basketball. It's said to miss multiple weeks with a right foot injury. It sucks. You really hate to see it. But it makes sense, okay? Like, this was bound to happen at some point, okay? LeBron's had a few minor injuries over these past couple of years. You know, it's year 20. <clears throat> year 20. He's 38. And he's played 53,000 minutes in his career. Look, it doesn't matter how much you take care of your body. At some point, all these minutes, all these physical minutes, they catch up to you. That's just the way that it goes. Father time is undefeated, and this is father time kind of showing up here a little bit. But here's the good news if you're a Lakers fan. There's still 20 games left. They're one game out of 10th place. Anthony Russell, excuse me, Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell And the supporting cast are more than good enough, more than good enough to close that gap. Okay, like the Lakers finally have depth. They have plenty of talents to narrow it down, to catch the Pelicans, right? They are more than capable of doing that. And so, with that being said, this team can make the playoffs without LeBron James. But ultimately, it, it comes down to one person one person who they went and got. Specifically for this reason, maybe not specifically for when LeBron James gets hurt, but he was went and traded for to help shoulder the load. So LeBron went and had to play thirty eight minutes a night, but then the Lakers failed to give them a proper supporting cast, so LeBron had to play thirty eight minutes a night. This guy is Anthony Davis, isn't he supposed to help shoulder the load? Isn't like isn't that like part of why the Lakers went out and got him? It m- makes sense to me. I feel like that's why. Okay, they got him for, you know, to help ease the load during the regular season for LeBron James and to build around him after LeBron James leaves. Like this this is a huge 20 game stretch for Anthony Davis. All eyes are on him. He's in LA. The, you know, the second biggest basketball market in the country behind New York. All eyes on him. All eyes on him. He has a real opportunity to solidify himself as a top 5 player in the NBA over this 20-game stretch. But here's the thing. This 20-game stretch is not only a test for Anthony Davis. But this is going to be a glimpse into what the Lakers could look like in two years. Like, LeBron could seriously be gone in two years. Okay, Bronny, he'll be a freshman at wherever he ends up at next year. He, He could be one and done. And then the next thing you know, LeBron is no longer a Laker. Here's your glimpse into all the holes that he fills for this team. Okay, this is a real chance for their GM Rob Pelinka to look at this team without LeBron and really see where he needs help. Okay, Pelinka is going to be able to potentially fill those holes this offseason. Okay, and if he's able to do that, then I would really like this Lakers team for next year. Simple as that. Cuz that that's what needs to happen. These holes need to be filled so that LeBron doesn't have to play 38 minutes a night. So and so that he can stay healthy. The other part of this is when he leaves if those holes aren't filled, they're going to be terrible. He does so much for this team. He does so much for this unit that I just, I, it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how they look. They didn't look super great last night. They got beat by the Grizzlies. John Moran had 28 points in a single quarter. It tells you all you need to know about how they are defensively at, at the guard spot, which makes sense. When D'Angelo Russell's your lead point guard, you're, you're not going to be very good defensively up top. I think everybody kind of knows that. Before we move on, the other big story in the NBA is the Giannis stuff, right? With, you know, he went on The Daily Show, and there's a clip of him saying this You keep joining super teams to win an NBA title. How about, how about we work out together sometime so I can teach you how to carry your own team? Oh! He is so obviously reading that. Okay? You can tell by the way that he stumbles, the pauses, so obviously he's so obviously reading it. And the fact that there are shows on TV that have taken time out of their broadcast to talk about this is absolutely ridiculous. He's clearly kidding. Okay? He's he's on the Daily Show, Hasan Minaj, it was hosting it. He wrote all these jokes. And he just wanted him to read him, and he did. Not that big a deal, okay? He makes fun of Jokic or Jokic as well. He makes fun of LeBron. He makes fun of Luca. He makes fun of multiple guys. And this is not that deep, okay? It is not a big deal. You know how I know it's not a big deal? Kevin Durant didn't tweet about it. If it was a big deal, I promise you, I promise you, Kevin Durant would have gone straight to Twitter, where the video was found, and he would have said something. Because he's Kevin Durant. And that's what he does, and he responds whenever things upset him. That's just how it is. Quit giving your time to this, okay? This doesn't matter. It was a joke. Giannis went on to promote his family's foundation or whatever, and they did the funny little talk show bit with him because that's what talk shows do. They do funny bits like this, okay? And let's be honest. It's funny. It's so funny. The whole clip is hilarious. If you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend for you to go watch it. Super good. It's funny. But, yeah, it's it's not that big of a deal, okay? It's it's not that deep. Get over it. Let's quit giving bull crap like this our time, okay, media? We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we get into the NFL, talking combine, mainly talking Bears, number one overall pick. Multiple, multiple reports are out that they're likely to trade it. We're going to get into who wants it, where it could end up. Going to be really good. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more shooting the Schmidt's talking about the Bears, number one overall pick. Who is in play for this thing to be traded? Will they trade it? They're likely to. There have been multiple reports now on how they're probably going to trade the number one overall pick, and they're going to ride with Justin Fields one more year. They apparently feel as though there isn't enough around Justin Fields to get a true evaluation of him. It's code for we don't really like any of the quarterbacks in this draft class. Justin Fields is still young, so you know he was kind of good this last year, really athletic, ran for a bunch of yards. Maybe if we get him a couple receivers, he'll be able to throw it a little bit better. That's what they're saying. They're saying they don't really love any of the quarterbacks in this class cuz you better believe that if this was 2024 and Caleb Williams was available, they wouldn't be trading this pick. Simple as that. So here are the underwhelming quarterback prospects for this year. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and Will Levis. None of them have really been described as can't miss prospects. You know, people don't I don't know why people don't love CJ Stroud as much as I do. Uh, Bryce Young, there's the height issue, and Will Levis, there's the the accuracy issue, right? And so for the Bears, they can trade down and they can grab a guy like Will Anderson Jr. because there's multiple pass rushers in this draft, multiple. There's three that are probably going to go within the top 10, Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama, Will Carter out of Georgia, uh, d- the defensive tackle, and then there's a guy out of Texas Tech who's projected to go pretty high as well. There's an offensive tackle in this draft class that the Bears get to take, uh, i hope I don't butcher his name, he's out of Northwestern. Peter Skoronsky, or you know, whatever other top non quarterback prospect they want, they can go get. They can trade down and they can still take somebody worth their while. The question is, who's gonna trade up? Okay, the leaders for this would be Houston, who has who have the second pick, Indianapolis, who have the fourth pick, Las Vegas, Atlanta, and Carolina. These are the five favorites to trade up. They all need quarterbacks, right? Because that's really the only reason why you trade up is, is to draft a quarterback. So the question is, who's going to fall in love with a quarterback first and make a big offer? Houston just hired uh, D'Amico Ryan's, the former defensive coordinator from the 49ers. He's a defensive-minded head coach, and he might be content to build the defense first. M- maybe they shocked the world. And they take a defensive lineman with the number two overall pick. And then you've got Indianapolis. They have the most conservative general manager in the league, Chris Ballard. Okay, the chances of him falling in love with the prospect quickly are slim to none. On top of that, I I believe that he's scared to draft a quarterback. He's he's terrified. He hadn't done it in years. So he can use this excuse of, well, we, we don't have a good quarterback, and then when they underachieve, it's it's not surprising, okay. And I I highly doubt that they're gonna fall in love with the quarterback quickly. Maybe they do, like it, it is a possibility, but I wouldn't bet money on that. Las Vegas, they have Jared Stidham. Josh McDaniels clearly likes him. Okay, he wouldn't have benched Derek Carr for him if he didn't like him. And maybe Josh McDaniels is content to wait a year because he doesn't love any of these guys. Maybe he wants to wait a year, see if Jared Stidham can be a starter in this league. And if he can't, then they're in an even better position to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May next year. Okay? Like, obviously he likes Stidham. He wouldn't have brought him with him if, if he didn't at least like him a little bit, right? Atlanta. They drafted Desmond Ritter last year. He only played four games. He didn't play bad. He was very meh. Very, very much managed like rookie quarterbacks are managed. Um, maybe our Ar- maybe Arthur Smith saw some things. He really liked it. He wants to ride with him another year. That's very possible. Very possible. And then finally, we've got Carolina who drafted uh, Matt Corral, who hasn't thrown a pass yet. Maybe Frank Reich likes him. Maybe you know he went back. He watched the old miss tape and he's like, are any of these guys really that much better than Matt Corral? Like, let's throw him back there, let's throw him back there, right And then it becomes a very similar situation to the Raiders of look, let's throw this guy back there who hasn't really played a ton or in Carolina's case at all and if we suck, then now we have a better chance to drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May. We can go get either one. I, I, I just I don't really know which team is going to be super eager to make the leap to the number one overall pick and because of that, we don't really know how much Chicago' is going to get back. Okay, like it's number one overall pick, like we're expecting for them to get a haul, but if nobody really truly wants the pick, then they're not going to get a haul. Okay, like what I'm trying to get at here is it's an awful year to have the number one overall pick. Yeah, yeah, have feel bad for the Bears. They've been terrible for years. They finally get the number one overall pick, and they get it in a year where there's no really elite quarterback prospect. And they they've got a guy now who they think is going to be all right. And so they, they want to trade out, but because it's not a super great year to have the number one overall pick, they're gonna get an underwhelming haul for it. Okay. And at the end of the day, like let's be honest here, like the two things that go that get drafted really, really high are quarterbacks and defensive linemen. And the issue is there's no great quarterback prospect this year, and there's multiple defensive linemen. So even if you don't get the first one off the board, the second and third one are pretty good. So why trade up? Like why give away other you know picks and other guys on your roster that you like, when you could just wait you know an extra you know an extra few picks and maybe you know you get you get a draft pass prospect that you don't love but you still really really like, okay like these gms they aren't dumb okay they know that at the end of the day this draft it's crapshoot no one knows what you're getting nobody knows, and so because of this. I don't think that the pick will be traded until closer to draft day. It may not get traded until draft day. And I think that the longer Chicago has to wait for somebody to call them and make a legit offer, because they've gotten calls asking about the pick, asking if it's available, Chicago said yes. The longer they wait, the more the value of the pick decreases because the interest level just isn't very high. If I had to make a prediction today, I would say that of all the teams that I've mentioned to trade up for the pick, it will be the Indianapolis Colts. And here's why. It comes down to ownership. Jim Marseille likes to make big splashes. He likes to be in the media. That's just how he is. And this team needs a quarterback. They also have multiple assets outside of picks that, that they can trade away, Okay, like Michael Pittman Jr., Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard. Like, they have pieces outside of draft picks that, that they can give away. And I, I do think that they're also the most appealing team for the Bears to trade with because of that. So, it'll be interesting to see. I'm super excited for the Combine. It starts up today. You better believe I'll be watching. I'm super interested to see how these quarterbacks look throwing the football. I'm telling you right now, watch for Will Levis and Anthony Richardson to leap up boards, especially, especially Anthony Richardson because you're going to hear me say it all draft process long. If you draft Will Levis because of the quote unquote potential that he has as a passer and you don't draft Anthony Richardson then you are stupid because you can't sit here and tell me that Will Levis has a higher ceiling than Anthony Richardson you can't moving on speaking of quarterbacks and potential and things like that the Miami Dolphins still aren't too too sure about two fifth year option which makes sense I don't think they're going to give him the, the fifth-year option. I, I, I don't. I'll just tell you right now. Um, the hesitancy, I think, tells you all that you need to know. When teams know that they have their guy, they're very quick to lock on. Like, this is our guy. Here's the fifth-year extension. You know what? Not only it, here is the fifth-year extension, but here's extra money as well. Teams are very quick to do that when they know that they have their guy. And usually when you see hesitancy like this, the teams don't pick up the fifth-year option. And it makes sense, Okay. Like when we look at Tua, he's been through multiple injuries, you know, during his time in the NFL, so they don't know if he can stay healthy. And last year was the first year that he like looked like a legit franchise quarterback, and of course he got hurt. I, I think he'll get hurt again this year, and his time in Miami will come to an end, and that's why they should draft Hendon Hooker in the second or third round this year. Just saying, you're gonna hear me say that the entire draft draft process long as well. The Miami Dolphins should take a quarterback in the second or third round because they know that if Tua gets hurt, they're not going to keep him. So going bring a guy in, get him into the system, especially a guy like Hendon Hooker, who you know isn't going to play this next year. It puts a little bit of pressure on Tua of look, if you don't show up, if you don't perform, and if you can't stay on the field, we are going to move on. We're going to move on. So I would that's who I would take if I was the Dolphins in the second or third round go draft a quarterback, preferably Hinden Hooker, a guy who can move and has a big arm. We're going to take a short break. we come back, we're going to talk all of Major League Baseball's rule changes. I was finally able to sit down and watch some spring training games and officially form an opinion on the new rules, so we're going to get into that. But first, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt, wrapping it up here with a little bit of baseball talk. It's that time of the year. You know, If you've been listening for a while or if you know me outside of the pod, then you know that I played college baseball. You know baseball is near and dear to my heart. I love it. Love the sport, love the game, love to watch it. And there are some new rules this year. If you haven't heard about them, here is – I'm just going to read the rule for you. There is now a 30-second timer between batters and a time limit between pitchers. After receiving the ball from the catcher or umpire, pitchers are required to begin their motion within 15 seconds with the bases empty. Within 20 seconds with runners on base. If they don't, they're charged with an automatic ball. Hitters also share the responsibility to keep the game moving. They must be in the batter's box and ready for the pitch by the time the clock reaches eight seconds. If not, they're charged with an automatic strike. A batter can call timeout only once per plate appearance. I'll tell you right now, I like this rule. I, I I do think there need to be some tweaks to it, but all in all, I am a fan. Okay, people who love baseball. Right, first of all, they're very upset right now. But here's the thing. People who love baseball are going to watch baseball whether there's a pitch clock or not. Okay, this rule appeals to people who don't love baseball. Okay, currently baseball is in this state very similar to golf, where the only time people watch it is to fall asleep. Because it's a slow paced, slow energy. Okay, and that's not what We want we want pace, we want urgency, we want things to happen quickly. And I feel like all the rules that have been implemented, especially the pitch clock, are in an effort to do that. Okay, the pace of the game is going to increase. Okay. The spring training games are taking two and a half hours now instead of three and a half or four hours. This is a good thing. Okay? And here's the thing baseball is not the only sport looking to improve how quickly the games go. College football, a way. Way more popular sports loses viewers because games take too long. Okay, College football games take three and a half to four hours, just like Major League Baseball games used to. And guess what? College football took a step back. They looked at the ratings, ratings and said, you know what? Part of why the NFL gets more viewers than we do is because their games don't take three and a half hours. So what is college football doing? They're changing some of the clock rules, or at least they're looking into it It's not official yet but they're looking to change some of the clock rules to shorten the game. Okay, people don't want to sit don't want to sit on a couch for 4 hours and watch a sporting event no matter how big of a fan they are. That's a sixth of your day. That's a lot of time that people don't have and people don't want to spend sitting down on a couch watching something, especially a sport like baseball where it's not like football where it's coming up on Saturday and Sunday when you're on a weekend and you actually have that extra time. Okay, where where you can stay up late and sleep in the next day? No, baseball's on TV every night of the week: Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Days like like days where they have to work. Okay, and if the game starts at seven o'clock, I'm not staying up until eleven o'clock at night to watch a baseball game. I'm not. Okay, even huge fans aren't going to do that. Okay, but you sit here and you tell me, hey, Jonathan, the game starts at seven and it ends at nine thirty. Guess what? I will watch that because it ends at nine thirty and I and I go to bed on time. Okay, this is a great rule change for baseball. On top of that, they've made the bases bigger. Love it. I'm hoping to see more stolen bases. It is an absolutely lost art in baseball. Okay, it's one of the most exciting plays in baseball. Okay, it it is going to hopefully, hopefully, change the way some of these teams play outside of just look, hopefully we hit four home runs this game and hopefully when we do, there's a few guys on base. Okay, ho- hopefully it turns into, you know what? I got this guy, he can run. Okay, I believe that the the bases now are like three inches bigger on each side. So let me do math. It's like eighty-nine feet and six inches now between bases. Right? Part of this is to prevent injury. The other part of this is so the guys steal more bases. It is, okay? And I'm very much here for it because it's an absolutely lost art. We haven't seen guys consistently try to steal bases in a really long time. And now we're gonna be able to see that. And it's exciting. And I can't wait to see it. Okay, I can't wait to see how the pitch clock ticking down is gonna help runners get a better jump. I can't wait to see how pitchers now use the pitch clock to, to manipulate batters and runners, and it's it's gonna be so interesting. It adds a whole new element of strategy into the mental game that baseball is. Okay, on top of that, they've also they've also banned the shift, which is great. Okay, And I don't want to hear the whole just hit the ball the other way. No, I'm sorry. I don't want to watch Kyle Schwarber or Bryce Harper or Joey Gallo or or, or Cody Bellinger or any of these pull-happy guys. I don't want to see them hit it the other way. I want to see them pull their front shoulder out and try to hit the ball 475 feet. That's way cooler than watching them slap it the other way for a little baby single. I'm so glad that they got rid of the shift. And on top of that, it, it's going to add so much defensively to the game, okay? You're and now instead of telling, you know, Francisco Lindor where to stand when he plays shortstop, he's going to be able to stand there, watch guys swings, look at timing, look at the pitch. Oh, curveball, let me take a couple steps towards the pull side. Oh, fastball, the last one he fouled off down down the right field line. He's a little bit behind. Let me let me ease towards the middle a little bit. It's it's just it had so much more to the mental aspect of the game. It's going to give guys more freedom. It's going to give guys more freedom. I just I am so excited to watch baseball this year o- outside of playoff baseball. Outside of playoff baseball. I just I I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Okay, all of these rule changes are designed to create more action and to create more pace. More pitches in less time, more hits and more action on the base paths. These are great rule changes. Baseball, you have done a good job. Okay, and these people, they're gonna gripe and they're gonna, and they're gonna complain about it, but it's about appealing to new people. It is, okay, and I understand that people don't like change, but this is this is the future. This is where baseball needs to go. Okay, and guess what? In two or three years, we we won't even notice. We won't. The only things that would change about the rule. If a hitter Get to brush back off the plate, okay? They get some 97 mile an hour chin music. They should get an period time or, or an extended period of time to reset. I, I think that that needs to happen. I think that during their approach to the plate, they should have an extended period of time. just because look, like you have to enter a whole new mindset when you hit, okay? Like you have to enter this fearless mindset of, this guy's throwing a 97-mile-an-hour rock that if it hits me in the wrong spot, I could be seriously injured. Like, you have to enter into a different headspace to be able to step in and face that. So I think that because of that, hitters should get an extended period of time on the, on the before the first pitch of the at-bat. I'm not saying no clock at all, but instead of, like, 30 seconds, make it, like, 45, okay? Give him, like, an, an extra 15 seconds. And he gives pitchers a, a chance to kind of, like, reset, okay, I have a new batter, uh, what if we, or like, you know, the scouting report on this guy's a little bit different. How do I want to attack this hitter? It gives guys just a, a few extra seconds just to be ready for the at-bats. So I I want to see that changed a little bit, and especially especially the idea of if a guy gets some chin music, he should have an extended period of time to reset his mind. Because, look, man, like, you get your bell rung, you know, you're, you hear, you hear a 97-mile-an-hour fastball whiz by just... Like, that's terrifying. Okay, it is. So I, I want to see them give guys in those moments a, l- a little bit of grace, have some feel, give them just a little bit more time to reset and step back into the box. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. I, I I loved today's show. Really good time. I always love when I get to talk baseball. That's the other thing, too. Like, these rule changes are putting baseball on ESPN. They are that like that didn't happen at all last year. Okay? Like this is this is good for baseball. This is so good for baseball. Now let's going to do it here at shooting the Schmidt. Thank y'all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. Make sure you like, rate, subscribe, follow, sh- share with your friends, do all those different types of things. So, once again, thank y'all so much for listening. I'll be back again tomorrow or Friday. Hopefully, we can get my boy Eddie in here. He is currently at the combine or getting ready to go to the combine to watch, you know all the guys do their thing so that's gonna be here shoot schmidt thank you so much for listening i'll talk to you all again tomorrow or friday